Welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your two usual hosts here. We've got Tom Mannering. Hello. And myself, Josh Hartley. How uh, how have we been doing this week, Tom? I'm doing all right, yeah. I'm, uh, I was just telling you before we started recording, I've been off work today. Uh, we're recording on Friday uh, and I've had a, a cheeky wee day off to have a, an, a, another long weekend. So I've been enjoying that uh, despite an early wake up for absolutely no reason. Uh, <laughs> so it's been, a, it's been a, nice, a nice chill one. I did... Yeah. Go the the human body is great at uh, recognizing when you need to be up early and when you don't need to be up early and doing the exact opposite thing that it should be. Yeah, you know, I don't understand it like at all, and it's so frustrating. But it is what it is. Um, so that that was good. Uh, it was a nice chill day. And then uh, earlier in the week, I didn't tell you this before we started recording because it slipped my mind. But uh, mm. I was I was doing some some side recording uh so i was you you uh, you 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 you're 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 doing another podcast side hustling it wasn't a podcast it was actually a video recording uh right. it's not one that people will be able to see at least not many people that listen to this uh it was something for my work so there was ah, a right, an yeah. internal thing that they they wanted done between departments and uh i got tapped into it with the uh the the nod of, well, don't you do this kind of thing anyway? And I was like, mm. I do podcasts. I really have more of a face for radio situation. Like, I don't really, uh, don't really go in for video. You know, it, it's funny because I got roped into doing something similar for my for my work. Yeah. And they said exactly the same thing. You do <laughs> podcasts uh, in your spare time, so you'll be a dab hand at this. It's like, yeah, doesn't mean I want to do it, though. <laughs> like... It, like there is, there's obviously a degree of crossover, right? Like, but I, mm. like I was when I was talking to someone at work about it, and uh, they they said it. I said, well, this is a very professional, you know, not this. This isn't a very professional thing. This is chaos. <laughs> this this thing that I had to do. How was, dare you? How <laughs> was, dare uh, you? It was very professional. Very, you know, it had to be succinct. Mm. It had to be very clear on the information that that we were communicated and things like that. Um, whereas what we do is. Largely unstructured, largely just off the cuff, mm-hmm. uh, and you know we we have a degree of prep, obviously, but it is very, very minuscule, <laughs> right? Like five minutes, if that, before we hit yeah. record. <laughs> um, whereas this, I had to sort of partially script it and things, and mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't off book either by the time I, I had to do it. So, uh, and because it was a video, I was kind of glancing down at the the script so uh I, like i've got some sort of uh is it does it look like you've got like a, a guy with a gun behind the camera <laughs> it, looks, like, it looks like i've got like shifty eye syndrome or something you know <laughs> just kind of like glancing all over the place um but it went it went down fine uh mm-hmm. with the exception that you know people have to, have to see my mug which is uh not not the best uh in any context mm-hmm. but otherwise it was uh it was good um, and that's really been about the, the the most exciting thing of of my week, with the exception of uh, of a couple of games that we'll we'll touch on in a Inevitably little bit. talk about yes. Well, yeah. let's just dive into that then, shall uh, we? Okay. We 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 did say last week we were talking about our Star Wars um, our Star Wars campaign in which Dave has revealed himself as a traitor 
We said that we'd, we'd follow up on that and let you guys all know how it went down. Um, it's been, it was a combat-heavy session. It was, it was a meat grinder. <laughs> it was. It, I think it's probably the most combat-heavy session of Star Wars we've had mm-hmm. uh, so far, I think. We had one, two combats, I think, on the bounce. But they were both... Pretty much. Fairly yeah. chunky. Uh, and very, very dead. Well, not deadly in that any of us are, strictly speaking, dead. I think we, we ended the session with most of the party unconscious. Though, no, it's, just... it's three combats, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm lying. Uh, so the first combat actually went really well for you guys. Yes. Um, which was you guys actually confronting... Dave's char- character, Coro, mm. uh, who had betrayed you, he kind of lured you into a trap, but yeah. thanks for a really lucky role by uh, Ryan's character, Kalistar, you, you kind of became aware of the trap mm-hmm. beforehand, so you kind of sprung the trap early, so you weren't kind of fully pincered. So they had to deal with uh, Dave's character, Coro, and uh, a handful of stormtroopers that were with him that kind of ambushed them. And that went really well for you. Like you put the stormtroopers down quite quickly. I, I I would like to point out the NPC that I'm playing got absolutely messed up in a, a by by that. I, I was I had one hit point left. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, and you put uh, Dave's character Coro down. Although you didn't mm. kill him, uh, yeah. he he did get away. He didn't get away. You left him unconscious, uh, and he was retrieved uh, by the Empire uh, after the fight. So Coro's still out there. Uh, but he isn't an immediate threat at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and then you decided to move on to the next part. I, I was I was trying to encourage you to rest because I knew how brutal it was going to be, um, and I was hoping you might rest and recover a few more hit points. But you went you went for it, and and I don't blame you because you know the time, guy was time, already there. Exactly. Time is a time's a factor. Yeah. Uh, so you you went for it straight away despite having just come off the back of one fight you had another smaller fight with another spy which was the spy you'd initially come here to to get you put him down and scott's character uh zang killed him Mm -hmm. uh and then the the mansion that you're inside of was stormed funnily enough by yeah. stormtroopers, uh, and that do was the. That's why they, do you think that's why they call them stormtroopers? I suspect that's probably where <laughs> there's some sort of root in the name there, yeah. Uh, and that was brutal. Like that was was a, a rough I, I, combat. Yeah, my guy got put down almost immediately. I basically, I was concerned that the person we were trying to rescue was on the the ship that was just outside the house. So I tried to make a run for that and try and get some cover there, but like. I, didn't last very long at all. Well, the it, problem was you, you're you playing an NPC character, so you're already a little bit softer than, than the yeah. rest of the party, and you were really softened up from the the earlier fights. You'd had, like, a stim pack, but mm-hmm. you were on something like six hit points, I think, when you... It was nine. Was it nine? Nine hit... Nine, nine out of 15. Okay. You, you made a break for the... Um, for the ship and and one of the units of stormtroopers saw you. The funny thing is in this game, which I, I do find kind of amusing, is that stormtroopers are actually quite deadly. They're not. Oh yeah, they're, they're, they're not jokes. Not, they're, they're more kind of Mandalorian era stormtroopers than uh, <laughs> than a New Hope stormtroopers. Yeah. Like they 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 are as deadly and precise as uh, mm. as Obi Wan says they are. Um, yeah. 
So they, they can be quite brutal, and they did put you down quite quickly. And then uh, Ryan and Scott with uh, Kyle Starr and Zhang, respectively, basically mm-hmm. uh, had a Scarface moment where they kind of stood at the top of this manor, uh, at the top of a bunch of stairs, just shooting down at, at this uh, this this troop of, of stormtroopers just bursting in. Uh, and by the end of it, when the the dust had settled, Zhang was unconscious. I think Kalistar's on like half his hit points and, mm-hmm. and you're unconscious. So it's really just uh, Kalistar left and uh, and he's heard a woman screaming outside, which is the person you're... You, is most likely the person you've come here to rescue. Cliffhanger! Yeah, and that was, uh, that was our cliffy uh, for, the, for the episode. Oh, um, I'll tell you what, it's made me realise because... I knew that Ryan's character, Kalistar, it was good in combat, mm-hmm. but seeing him take out like units of stormtroopers like in, in, in one go, God, he's he is a, <laughs> he's impressive. He's a he, monster. He is a beast. And even I was like, he was telling me what an ability did, and I was like, really? Is that that seems really really strong? And like mm-hmm. I, I went and had a look at it while he was telling me about it, and I was like, that is that is really good. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, I think um, if you min-max your characters in this system, they can be absurd at what they do. I mean, like, I just think of uh, Dave's character, Cora, was um, incredible at piloting. Mm -hmm. And, like, R3, my character, just anything to do with computers or mechanics is, like, a walk in the park for him, usually. I don't Um, think it's even necessarily min-maxing. I just think that the, the game is designed in such a way that you are very good at what you're supposed to be very good at. Um, yeah. So you know, if you build a pilot, you will be very good at piloting. If you if you build uh, a, a soldier, uh, a ranged soldier, you will be very good at, at, at ranged soldiering. You know, <laughs> uh, and and so on and so forth. It's like everybody in the party has one or two things that they are really really strong at because the system kind of encourages that kind of design. Yeah, it it it, it seems a bit wasteful to put like lots of. Uh, ranks in like so, like single, like one or two ranks in multiple skills. It, it it feels better to just go hard on right. These are the three skills I'm going to be super good at, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to focus on them. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair way. To, I think certainly early on, that's a fair way to approach mm-hmm. it. I do think once you get further into it, because the higher up a skill is, the more expensive it becomes to yeah. improve it. You do kind of get to a point of you're probably better raising up a few of your more mediocre mm-hmm. abilities than focusing on, you know, trying to get that one extra number in something you're already really, really strong in. The one thing I really like about the Star Wars system that we're playing, the, the Fantasy Flight game one, uh, Age of Rebellion, I, I love the talents in it. I think the talents are really, really flavorful um, and, and give a really kind of cool representation of, some of the things that the characters can do, like one you have with with R3 that we saw quite a lot, is that you take strain, which is basically like a, a secondary health pool that you have, mm. um, to to basically reduce the difficulty of computers checks, which is really good for a, a character like yours, which is essentially a, a slicer or a hacker. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really cool ability, and it's it's really flavorful for a, for a, a hacker like yourself. And I think. Um, the other guys have, have some uh, an ability that I've never really seen before called sidestep, where yeah. they can they can basically take uh, actions and I, I don't know if they take strain or not, but they take actions to sort of in- increase their defensive 
uh, capabilities as well, which is really good. Um, it was a really nice session, like because we had the, a sort of a very big hiatus in Star Wars. We we started it like two years ago, I think it was. Um, yeah, geez, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was right at the start of. Yeah. of we we started it just before lockdown because we we went out and all bought the dice. I got a miniature for, for yeah. R3 as well. Like So it was when we were playing in person uh, every every other Tuesday and we'd we'd arranged to play it. I'd bought the books for it. We went out and we bought the dice for it because it has specialised dice, which I don't normally like, but I've got used to. Um, and we got you got a miniature for it and I was like looking at maps and things and I think it just lockdown just kind of hit before I, I started buying sort of sci-fi maps and things. Um, and then we ended up having to do it online and then obviously you moved away and lockdown lasted for a very long time. So it's never been able to go back to being uh, in person. Um, but yeah, we, we, we did it for sort of t- uh, about, I think we did it for about eight months, but we were kind of alternating it with another campaign. So we were only play- really playing like yeah. once a month. And yeah. when you're trying to learn a new system, that's really, really hard to, to kind of keep that in your mind. And it's not like, because um, there's a lot of systems based on uh, D20s yeah. that are different, but they are similar. Yeah. Like, st- the Star Wars is very different to yeah. m- most RPGs I've played. Yeah, it, it is very much its own its own animal. Uh, and so we, we made the decision to finish off the Pathfinder campaign mm-hmm. that we were uh, playing in. Uh, at, well, I was running. Uh, and... Yeah. That took longer than expected as well. Uh, and then we, we finally finished that and we came back to Star Wars. So we've only really come back to Star Wars sort of, I would say, this mm. year pro- pro- properly. Yes. Um, and it's it's been very eye-opening because we've actually been learning rules. Like I was saying to you during the session, like I'd only just realized that around in Star Wars is actually reflective of a minute of time. So yeah. you're taking like multiple shots and things like that. You're not just doing one shot and that's your turn mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's representative of multiple shots and, uh, and things like that. So it's been interesting learning it at a, a faster pace and uh, really enjoying it. And it. It's a system I do really recommend. Mm. No, likewise, I, I, I've been really enjoying playing it. And I think it, I would say it's a unique selling point other than it's set in the Star Wars universe. Is I do think the, uh, the the system gives the players quite a lot of narrative agency mm-hmm. as well, rather than you just roll a skill check and the the GM describes what happens. The the system gives you a bit of power in saying, okay, well, you've rolled these this many advantage. How do, what do you want to do with that? Mm-hmm. And you can say, oh well, there's a bit of debris falls from the ceiling and that sort of, which funnily enough uh, actually happened yeah. the other night where so. So I, I really like it for that. I think that's becoming more and more common. It's, it has been around beforehand, mm. but it's becoming more and more common, in especially in newer games, where you see these kind of ways that the players can not just... I mean, you, you influence the world by playing in the world, yes. but you can actually use the roles to kind of take over a degree of, of narrative control and, and dictate how something goes you know, goes right in a really good way or maybe goes mm. right in a, you know, and has a slightly... Uh, uh, more complicated outcome. Yeah. Um, the the Modifius games are really good for that. Actually, they their two d twenty system is a, a really good system for the complications. And uh, mm-hmm. was it is um, oh it's 
Nope, words gone out of my head. There's, a, there's <laughs> uh, mo- momentum. That's it. Uh, momentum. There you go. Okay. You can edit that, Josh. Uh, a... Will I though? No, that'd be that'd be too much work. Uh, no, there's a there's a really good bit where you you generate momentum and the players can then use that momentum to like add flair onto their actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and equally, if if they they roll something, in some cases they can su- succeed, but with like a complication. So, like, they succeed in the action, but maybe not quite to the degree they wanted to or something tangentially related kind of goes, goes sideways. Uh, and I think that's a really good idea because it it not only does it take a little bit of work off the GM's table of having to be the one who describes how everything goes. And, I mean, sometimes even in, like, D&D and Pathfinder and things, I'll say to the players, you know, how does that explain to me how that happens yeah. tell me how that goes down you know it's the the classic matt mercer how do you want to do this um but in other cases it, it gives the players that bit more agency that bit more control over what's actually happening in the world you know cool things that they can kind of have their characters do because every player and i know this myself from being a player you want to you want to do the cool stuff right you want to have oh, the yeah. cool moment oh yeah like you want to have that that spotlight minute where you look like a badass Oh, yeah, no. absolutely, absolutely. So, that, so that, that's where we're at with Star Wars. Um, speaking of RPGs, see that smooth segue right there. Uh, <laughs> I'm running my. You, you, listeners may recall I was uh, talking about uh, running a one-shot RPG. For, uh, sorry, a one-shot session of Dungeons and Dragons for some of my friends here uh, back in Carlisle who've never tried it before and. Uh, that's coming up uh, a week today as of this recording, uh, so next Friday. So I'm underway getting prepared for it. I'm gonna buy. I'm, I want to buy miniatures. I want to buy miniatures for it. Uh, and okay. the good thing is, e- eBay is my friend, and I can find painted miniatures. eBay uh, might be your friend. Postage times aren't if you've only got a week. You want to get on that? Yes, uh, I, I, I'm probably going to be ordering it uh, tonight, tonight and tomorrow, basically. Yeah, um, definitely get on that. Have I've you, got a list list of the monsters that I need. So you settled on what you're running. Uh, I am I'm running the Stranger Things uh, oh, so session, and then and then we'll take it from there. If they enjoy it, we can have a chat about what kind of campaign. I, I'm still really leaning towards Curse of Strahd because mm-hmm. it just looks awesome. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. There's. Uh, to be fair, I, I watched a couple of videos about the Strixhaven uh, uh, book, and uh, we, uh, we've talked about it uh, on the podcast previously. Mm-hmm. It does sound really cool, but it sounds very atypical of D&D. It's not very combat-heavy at all. It no. sounds like it's lots of skill checks and narrative and stuff like that. So that I don't think... I think it's something I would love to either take part in or run, but I think it's maybe not the best one to like for new players to start in because it's going to be like a this isn't really what D is normally like mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah no I, I get what you mean i think it's a tricky one right because what is D normally like like is it well this is yes like, actually it's that's a fair point it, you you could say yeah D in like the 80s was all about dungeon crawling right you know that was mm-hmm. like that was 90 five percent of of what you did in the game you know and the rpg and came into it sort of a bit later and and was supported more and, and that's not to say that people in the 80s weren't role-playing because i know they were 
Mm-hmm. But the game was very much designed as a combat simulator. You know, it was a uh, it was a war game, a skirmish game. Um, but I think now, especially, what D and D is has changed a lot, and that's why you're yeah. getting these modules that are much more narrative focused, much more skill focused, and the combat becomes less of a there's, factor. There's, a, there's, a, if correct me if I'm wrong. There's one of the books that they've brought out is just investigation scenarios they, they they involve very little combat or dungeon crawling at all and it's all just about trying to you, you're playing through an investigation which i think is really cool so there's candle keep mysteries uh which is that's not one module that's a series of uh standalone adventures that's sorry that's what i meant yeah i should have i should have been more clear on that and that is the book and that's that's sort of there is combat in it uh but it does take a much a much sort of sharper eye towards investigation and studying and mm-hmm. and role playing as well, um, and and I think that is becoming kind of more and more commonplace now in D anD. d So I, I think it depends on what experience you want to give people and how they want to be involved in in the hobby. Like this is why I always recommend, and and I'm not alone in this. A lot of people do. Uh, a session zero because yes. it's not just about establishing what the campaign is going to be about and and what the characters are going to be. It's about establishing what everybody wants to get out of it. What every what type of game they want to have? Do they want to be investigative? Do they want to be diplomatic? Do they want to be have intrigue? Mm-hmm. Is it is it a dungeon crawler? You know, is it just a a race to level twenty? You know, it's you've got to kind of get a feel for what everybody wants. Yeah, have you? Are you using the pre-made characters for these guys? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to overwhelm them. Mm-hmm. And, like, part of me is... Part of my thought process is, right, how am I going to teach the game while we're playing it? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a part of me that just thinks, I'll find a good video on YouTube and send that over to everyone and just say, look, guys, it'd be really handy if you watch this before uh, before Friday so that you, you've got an idea. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll talk through exactly what's uh, going on. To be honest, like my main concern is how I'm going to deal with teaching combat because that's the, that's the hardest part, right? I mean, skill checks and and that sort of stuff is relatively straightforward, mm. um, but we'll get there. I'll work it out, um, and who knows? I mean, it, the nice thing is doing a like a one shot session. It means uh, without having people building characters, it means no one's invested too much time into it, mm. so. If it turns out that the guys aren't really into it, or if it turns out I don't really enjoy running uh, games, then not much has been lost, mm. basically. Um, but hopefully, hopefully everyone enjoys it and has a good time. I'm sure they will. Uh, I I always think, and I've said this to yourself, and I've said it on on the podcast before. You know, it's it's about what people bring to the table. If you come yeah. and you're coming to have a good time, you're coming to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Odds are you're probably going to enjoy yourself. You know, if you if you come to the table expecting to be miserable and and you know trying yeah. to debunk it essentially, then yeah, you're probably not going to have have as much fun as, as somebody else. And that's yeah. why it's collaborative. You know, it's not just collaborative storytelling; it's collaborative gameplay. It's, yeah. just, it's everybody having everybody having fun together, which sounds a bit uh, sketchy, but it's not. It's it's innocent it's fun. Innocent fun. Yeah. Um, no, I'm looking forward to hearing how your uh, how your game goes. Uh, I'll be intrigued to hear your your perspective as a GM. 
uh, rather than a player. Right? <laughs> it's like, oh, this is the word. Oh my god! <laughs> like, I would, I would pay good money to be a fly on the wall of that game. Like, I'm, really? I'm slightly good. I'm not going to be there to to see it um, firsthand. I already know, like, kind of. I've got an idea what sort of GM I'm. I, I can't imagine. And here's the funny thing with running, with me running Curse of Strahd. I can't imagine any game that I run not being a little bit goofy mm-hmm. in places. I've already got an idea of some of the lines that, because this um, starter set that I've got, the, the Stranger Things ones, is very open in terms of what the NPCs say right. and what their motives are. So I've already come up with some like silly stuff that they're going to say just to see how people react to it. Um, but but yeah um, I, I think Curse of Strad would be an interesting one for me to run because it is supposed to be dark and brooding but you know what they say Sam Raimi says about horror it's very close to comedy as well I, could, I kind of imagine your version of Curse of Strad being a lot closer to kind of Count Duckula than, uh, <laughs> than than sort of Castlevania. Uh, I was I was thinking more along the lines of Evil Dead Two. Okay, you probably yeah, too I mean, generous there, seen, but fair enough. If you've seen Evil Dead Two, there's some scary bits in it, <laughs> but it it's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, the thing is, that I've I've never, I've certainly never run a game. I have played in a couple, to be fair, but I've never run a game. And this isn't to toot my own horn. I'm just quite lucky with the players that I've had. That hasn't been funny in places. Like, yeah, g- games just inherently, you know, comedy just just comes out of them. Um, you know, you can most of my games tend to have a bit of a darker tone. Um, mm. That's just what I kind of enjoy running. Not too dark, but um, there's still you know plenty of laughs, and uh, you know you you tend to lean more towards kind of comic relief characters. Uh, not always, but but you have. Uh, more often than you haven't Uh, and I think um, you know some of the other players don't take things too seriously in in some of my other games as well Um, so you you do kind of you get comedy by default anyway Um, and I think sometimes with the the darker stories especially with like Call of Cthulhu and I think Curse of Strahd would probably lean towards this as well you need that comedy to kind of add some levity to it's probably going to be some pretty grim, some grim shit. I mean, I've I, I've not dabbled too much into Curse of Strahd, but I've read the the old Bone Grinder, mm-hmm. and that's that's dark. Yeah, that's super dark. Um, but then then you think, oh wait, that stuff's in like grim fairy tales as well, but we don't think anything of like you know that. Oh, but they're but super, super dark. Like they are super dark, but they don't feel super dark. Well, we don't get like the proper grim fairy tales either. Like you, yeah. you've got to bear in mind the ones that that we get the the sort of uh, the British versions are a more child friendly version yeah. of Hansel the... and Gretel did not live in the original fairy tale. No. No, they did not. <laughs> Do they not eat the witch in like the original? No, no, the witch, the witch turned. Doesn't the witch kill them? And I can't even remember. Lives. I I know yeah. like I'm I'm sure someone told me like the original Red Riding Hood like she kills the wolf with the axe, and mm. I was like, that's a bit brutal. Or like the huntsman comes in and like chops the wolf up or something like that, and I was like, that's a bit extreme, like for for a kid's story. Like I 
I get the whole, you know, all the better to see you, it's a bit creepy, but, like, coming in and just be like, ja! Ja! It's, it's pretty extreme. I mean, the wolf grandma, he had it coming. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Like, I, I actually, I love um, some of the more kind of realistic retellings of the the Grim Fairy Tales, like the modernised ones as well. I've seen a few, like, TV shows and stuff, uh, and, and a few novels and things as well that have kind of twisted them into sort yeah. of uh, more modern or, or darker retellings of them, uh, which I really, really enjoy. I think there was like a, a TV show as well. Yeah, there is. There's a TV show called, I think it's called Grim, and it's like, it's not yeah, very I've good. I've heard of this, yeah. But it's like, they've taken all the, the, the Grim fairy tales and kind of put them into a universe, into our universe, like modernized them. Mm-hmm. And it's like how they exist in the modern day. And there's some really interesting ideas. Now, the show's not great, uh, but... There were some interesting ideas in it. Uh, I think it did have a bit of a following as well, but, you know, so does uh, the Kardashians, so no accounting for taste. New RPG idea, you are playing the Kardashians. Oh, my God. I'm not... <laughs> you are banned from new RPG ideas. You got DuckTales, that's it. DuckTales was a good idea, though. That was a good idea. It was a better idea than I gave you credit for at its inception. I will give you that. Uh, I wouldn't go wow, so far as say on, it was man. a good we idea. All had, we all had fun playing that. I, 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 yeah, fair enough. You, yeah, you had fun. That's fine. I had a lot of fun making that game. I will, I will admit, like I did. It was a hell of a lot of fun to to put it together and, um, like make the the images for the characters and dig out all the music from like DuckTales and Tailspin and stuff to use. Yeah. That was good fun. Um, but I was, I was really ill the day I ran that, if I remember rightly. So it wasn't, Oh yeah. I was, I was quite stressed. Cause I was like, it's Josh's birthday. I really want to run this and I want it to be good, but I feel like I might die mid session, <laughs> but we powered you, through you, it. You're a trooper. Yeah. But uh, yeah, good idea for an RPG. Disney, if you're listening, call me. You know, I wonder if there there might actually be a Disney uh, a Disney based uh, RPG. Although I've not. Oh, definitely. There's definitely fan. There's definitely fan made ones. Speaking of RPGs, actually, I forgot one thing. Uh, you've seen this already. Um, mm. I got a new uh, a new. I don't know why I'm showing you this because you've seen it and it's not like people can see it. But there we go. Uh, yes. I got a new RPG uh, system through uh, this week. Uh, it's a playtest system, so it's not out officially. This is just the mm. the playtest release, but it's the the Marvel uh, Marvel Multiverse role playing game. Uh, so my love of, of Marvel has been well documented. Uh, well documented and uh, and Marvel games, and yeah, this is just a wee. It's nice actually because it's like comic book sized, which I, I really appreciate. Oh. Uh, it is. It is remarkably thin. Yeah, for a RPG. That's what book. she said. Uh, it's oh, wow. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Got to get that mature rating. Uh, yeah. No, it is. Um, it's basically a very simple like rule ses- section. So I think like the rules are. Was it just D six or? It's three D six, and the rules are a total of thirty two pages. Okay, yeah, that's and very short. Then the character creation is about 60 pages. Okay. And then the last few pages are uh, some sample characters, like your Captain America and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the back bit is actually a sample scenario, like a little scenario that's to cool. play through, which I appreciate, which is all of one, two, three, four, five, 
six pages. Nice. <laughs> uh, so probably not a long one to play through. Um, but I, I, I have superhero role-playing systems already. I have quite a few, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only one that I've ever played that I ever thought really kind of captured the superhero atmosphere, and that was uh, an earlier Marvel one that used cards, uh, mm-hmm. a deck of cards, like not a right. generic deck of cards. It has its own specific deck of cards. Yeah. And my copy of that is knackered because I got that when I was about 12 and I still have it. And like the cards are all like manky and stuff. And it's yeah. it doesn't come out very often because of its, uh, its age. Uh, and when I was a 12-year-old, I wasn't really looking after things, but I still have it in a cupboard somewhere. Yeah, um, nice. But I'm looking forward to having to read through that. And I think I'm going to do a a one shot at some point just to, to try it out and see uh see how the character creation and, and how the game plays so i'll uh, i'll report back on that excellent excellent and on that note i think that's uh, all we've got time for this week so thank you as always for listening guys and until next time take care bye bye